If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. 
And you guys know, I'm pretty sure, if, if you followed us last week, that I'm really, really excited about this passage we're going to preach today. I believe with all my heart that this is one of the greatest passages in the entire Bible. And I, if I had one if I was given one chance to preach and only one sermon to preach, this would be the passage that I would preach from. This is a phenomenal passage. You are here on a good day today. And for the people that are watching online, you're watching on a good day. This is a great, great, great passage. And you say, why is it so great? Why is this the passage that you would preach if you was given one sermon to preach? And I say that because this passage here today that we're going to look at in verses 13 through 17 answers the biggest question that has ever been asked. The most important question that has ever been asked. And there's a lot of big questions that people are asking, but the biggest, the most important question that has ever been asked and ever will be asked is, who is Jesus Christ? And that's what we're going to look at today, and I hope to give you that answer. I think it's a very simple, straightforward answer, and I hope you can walk out of here today knowing in your heart who Jesus Christ is. So let's stand together and let's look at the, the most important question. And you guys have heard this passage, you've probably heard it preached, uh, you've probably heard many sermons on it, you probably haven't marked it today. And if you know the answer to this question, then we're going to solidify it in your hearts. You're going to know who is Jesus Christ, the question, even if we already got it. So here we go, the most important question, it says when Jesus came into the country, here we go. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say, saith unto them, But whom say ye? And I would underline that. It's it's a stress there. Who do you say that I am? And some answer and said, That of the living God said unto him, for flesh and blood for my father these are some excellent verses for us to study today so let's pray together and I know that we could sit up here and preach it and we could listen to it but this is a waste of our time if God doesn't help us here today if he doesn't help me, if he doesn't help you we need the enabling power of the Holy Spirit of God to, to help us in this service so let's ask for his help today Father we thank you for your word and God, we stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, but we don't want to just stand at this moment and honor it. We want to honor it throughout the sermon. And God, there's many churches that would stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God, but as they open up the Scriptures and preach it, it wouldn't honor it at all. So God, help me to honor it from this point all the way through to the end, to honor what this passage says. And God, I pray that the people in the pews, that they would continue to honor Your Word even after they sit down. That they would listen intently. They would listen with open ears and open minds and, and open hearts. And that you, by your Spirit, would implant this truth, maybe the most important truth in the world, that you would implant that in our hearts, in our minds. And may we proclaim it as we go out into a world who has no idea who Jesus is. This is our message. We preach Christ and we preach Him crucified. So help us here today. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I read an article on the top and influential people who have ever lived on the face of the earth. Going all the way to today, who are the most 
influential and important people who have ever lived. And they gave 25 names in this article. And I want to give you a couple of them, maybe a handful, just to, to show you who's on this list. Because it started at 25 and it worked its way down. So as I... As I the most important and influential person who Einstein is was Leonardo Isaac Newton was on the list and to my surprise he was not the one who created the fig Newton uh, <laughs> Aristotle was on the list Muhammad was on the list the, and these are some of the most important and influential people that have done. and as I, as I kept scrolling get to the top. I wanted to get who is the number one? Who stands alone? You guys know the answer or I wouldn't be giving you this list. At the top and important people who Jesus Christ our Lord. A person who has ever lived. People, this isn't Christian. This was not a and more influential than Jesus Christ. Is he important? Who is he? Who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ. Everyone will answer it. You can't escape it. You can't ignore it. Passage. He's been with chapters already through the book of Matthew. He's been with his disciples around two years. He called me and they followed and they've witnessed his 
were the school years for them. That he said, come following them who he is for two years. Amen. When he said, follow me, understand me, teaching them week for two years. And now school is best. Two years. And I want you to see that because this is this is important. And giving, giving. I want you to see it as a mountain. I want to give you kind of an illustration here. For 15 chapters, he's been giving them the teaching, the proof of who he is. Why? And here we are in chapter 16 and it's at its peak where he asks and then the next chapter 16 through 28 he'll be explaining to them what he's come to do and then doing it so here we are at the top of the mountain of Matthew the you say that I am they've got to get it here because if they don't get it here, they'll never understand what he does later on. If they going to go on, and they're going to preach Christ. And they're going to talk about here. But it has to be more than just in their minds. It must be settled in our minds too. Amen. We are Christians, Christ followers. We are of Jesus Christ. So we must know and we must be able to tell people who Jesus is. We need to get it hammered in. We need to get it nailed in. We need to get it solidified right now. So who He is. Who is this Jesus that Sir, who is this Jesus that I stand up here and preach? So, I think if this is a test, it's open book. It's right here. It's black. I want you to get the answer. We're going to answer the most important question that's ever been asked. A handful of verses down into three headings, three points. And I want to start with number one, and this is so simple. It couldn't be more simple, this outline. Number one, I want to give you the The Jesus is walking for us. He's walking the coast of Caesarea Philippi. I've done some reading on Caesarea Philippi this week. I thought, where is that? I want to picture that in my mind. They're walking along the coast. It's almost like they're walking along the beach with his disciples. It's nice and cool. I saw some pictures of it. It's beautiful. There's nobody. He's blowing. That's the pictures that I saw of Caesarea Philippi. And all not in Jewish territory, which is where they're heading. Even they're in between. So he's walking. The, the heathen territory where they had all these pagan false gods. Territory. 
together on a nice, cool, calm, breezy walk in between these two areas. And Jesus looks at them and says, I'm sure they wasn't ready for the test. I almost titled this sermon, Jesus Popped the Question. Steph told me, don't do that. Because that's what he does. He catches them off guard. They're not ready for this. They wasn't sitting at a desk and he's handing out papers and saying, here's your test. One question. That's all that's on it. Here you go. And, and they had a, had a week to prepare for it. You know, you've got to have that. No, 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 no. He's walking and he looks at him and he says, look what he says. What do you guys believe about the end times? He doesn't look at him and say, what do you guys believe about predestination? He doesn't look at him and say, boy, that Caesar is a terrible leader. <laughs> what do you think? He asks the biggest question that's ever been asked. The most important question. He says, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? The title from Daniel, a title that Jesus used often over 80 times in the New Testament to describe his humanity. But he says, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He's been around for two years again, and he's, he's looking at them and he's saying, what's everybody saying about me? What's the opinion of mankind? You disciples, you've been around them. We've been in Gentile territory. What are they? What are you hearing? What's and today? What's trending on social media about me? What's everything about? They were asking the question. When Jesus calmed the storm, they said, "What manner of man is this? Who is this guy?" When he said, "When he sit down and." Is this guy? It's been and they're confused. Who is this guy? What are they saying? And they say, "Here we go. Here's the opinion of man. We can tell who do. What does America say about Jesus? In all honesty, the polls don't matter. We can ask that question about about Jesus. We can ask that question about West End. What is West? And they said, some say, here you go, here's the opinions. And they don't say what the Pharisees and the Sadducees say. I like that. They don't tell Jesus what the enemies are saying, because who cares, right? We care way too much about what people think. They say, here's what we're hearing. Some say you're John the Baptist. Herod thought that. They said Herod thought that he was John the Baptist. Come back from the dead. Herod had his head cut off. working you, you stand over your people and you have and some say the other prophets it's like they're sitting there saying there's a lot of opinions and those 12 disciples are speaking up saying let me tell you what I I heard all the John the Baptist. 
And all are very nice things. If somebody come to me and said, Joshua, an awful lot like John the Baptist, I'd be like, wow, thank you. If somebody comes and said, you're Joshua, a lot like a lot these are good things. I'm saying Jesus is like a man that is great from the past. Not only are these very nice things, these are very close things. I mean, notice what they say. They're all saying he has power. That he is a powerful prophetic preacher. They're all Unless he be from God, you can't be in horseshoes. I've never done that. And predicting pandemics. <laughs> I've never done that. But close doesn't matter when it comes to saying who Jesus is. We can't be close. We can't say good things about Jesus. We can't say great complimentary things about Jesus. We can't say we must opinion about Jesus. And it's all high. High complimentary opinions. I read this week that what the Scientologists think about Jesus. They think very highly of Him. Islam close. Most of the created beings that have all of them. That sounds good, don't it? People today, take, take a poll. He's a good teacher. And he is. That's close. He's a good example. That's close. Christians today have all kinds of nice sentiments to say about Jesus. almost like it comes out of a Hallmark card. But we must think not highly about Jesus. We must think rightly about Jesus. It's not it can be so close that Islam says he's a prophet. But they are right about Jesus. The and the Good example. Don't cut it. Only the right answer cuts it. So we need the right answer. So Jesus looks at him. I've always spent too much time on that. And he says takes it a little bit more personal. And, and they told him what, they, what their opinions were. And he says in verse 15, But whom say ye that I am? He turns it around. And he says, it doesn't matter what polls say. 
Polls don't change the truth. It don't matter what opinions say. The only thing that matters to me is what you say. And he says that pointing to the disciples. I can imagine in my mind that he says when he, for the first question, who do men say? The Gentile lands and the Jewish lands. Who do men say that I am? And they give him the opinions and then he turns it around and he looks at them and says, now forget about all that. Who do you say that I am? And it's emphatic there. I, and I, I think you need to know that. I don't talk a whole lot about the Greek here. But this, this you is in the emphatic position in that this, this verse would read, get this, but you, who do you say I am? It says it twice there. But you, almost like it's in capital letters with exclamation points after it, but you, who do you say that I am? Very personal. He wants an answer from those who are closest to him. Who do you say that I am? So what we're doing here today, and I want to move on to point number two, is that we are looking and saying, what does the world say? I just gave you what the cults say about him. I gave you what the, the Islam says about him. I gave you what all the opinions and the polls and everybody out there, they have all kinds of nice and, and, and flattering things to say about Jesus out there. And Jesus said, what do they say? We know what they say. They're close, they flatter him, but they are dead wrong about Jesus. So now he brings it back to us. And he says, now my people, those who are closest to me, who do you say that I am? And he's got his PowerPoint finger out. And he says, who do you say that I am? I love that. You think it out. I know you guys are already reading your head. But if you got asked this question and you were caught off guard walking by the, the streets of Big Stone Gap... <laughs> And somebody walked up to you and said, who do you say Jesus is? Would you have the right answer? Because that is the question of all questions. Who do you say that I am? Not who your dad says that he is. Not who your mom says that he is. Not who your preacher says that he is. But who do you say that he is? You will stand alone in judgment and answer that question by yourself. Who do you say he is? So you must answer it. I must answer it. Let's get the answer. You ready for that? We saw, you guys are, I, mean, I built that up. I hope I did. That was the plan. The question that Jesus asked. Now the answer that Jesus has given. says in verse 16, who would you think that would stand up and answer it? <laughs> and Simon Peter answered. You see that? He always seems to be the spokesman out front, steps up, leader of the twelve. Maybe the other ones would have been like I would have been. If Jesus looked at the disciples and said, who do you say? I'd have been like, look, you know, somebody else. We went shooting with Johnny the other day. Me and, my, me and Gracie and the boys went. And Johnny teaching them safety of guns and stuff. And we were getting ready to start after he did all the safety lessons. And we were getting ready to, to you know, to shoot the guns. He said, all right, who wants to go first? <laughs> Isaiah turned this way. Christian turned this way. And they both start pointing at Gracie. <laughs> and Gracie's just standing there. You know, just... And Johnny handed her the gun. And she went for it. That's what's happening here. All the other disciples are like, you know this right here. And Peter stands out boldly. And he's standing there. And he has to give an answer. He's by himself. He's out front. He's now the spokesman for the, for the twelve. And he stands here and gives a decisive, emphatic declaration. This is a, a formal designation. You say, well, how do you know it's formal? Watch this. In verse 16, it's, it's in the Greek, it's like he's saying, I, Simon Peter, say. And then he gives the answer. 
This is what I say. This is who I say you are. The other twelve are on the background and out stands Peter. And that's where we all need to be standing like Peter. Courageous and bold in front of a world who denies Jesus. We need to stand up and say, and I just say that Jesus is. And don't be a, a coward and don't back down. Know it. Stand up for it. In a world that says all kinds of other things about Jesus, we stand and we say the truth about Jesus. We don't follow the popular opinion. We don't follow the polls. We know what the Bible says and we declare it. I, Josh, we, West End, say Jesus is. And I love this. <laughs> Again, he's not following the crowd. He nails it. <laughs> I mean, Jesus pitched it to him and he knocked it out of the park. I mean, <laughs> he's dead on. There have been books written on who Jesus is. There have been dissertations written on who Jesus is. I mean, you could go to a library and there are thousands of books on who Jesus is. And Peter gives ten words and nails it. Amen. And you need to memorize this. Yes. Kids here today, I wrote it on the coloring sheet. Memorize this. This is who Jesus is in ten words. I think it's ten words. You can count me. Here we go. You ready? And Simon Peter answered. I want you to see. I want you to picture Simon Peter standing up. I don't, I don't think Simon Peter was saying. I think it's good. I think I don't know. I don't know what the other guys think. I don't want nobody to get mad at me and, and cancel me. He's, he's not bowing down. He's not like a question mark. You know what a question mark looks like? Bowing down. I don't know. Exclamation point, standing straight up. Yeah. That's who we need to be. In a world that's wrong, we need to stand right. In a world that's falling down, we need to be standing up yeah. and declaring this. This is the church's message. Who is Jesus? We've gone so far away from, oh, we're off the mark on what we're preaching today. Paul said it. I preach Christ, the man, and Him crucified, the plan. What else do we need to preach? And he says, he says, Josh, give us the answer, man. Two things. You are the Christ. <laughs> so what does that mean? A lot of people think that's Jesus' last name, Jesus Christ. It's not. When you see the name Christ, and I use that a lot, in Christ alone, it means that Jesus is the Messiah. It means that Jesus is the Anointed One. It means that Jesus is the Chosen One of God. It means that He's not a prophet that is speaking about the One to come. He is the One to come. He is, he, he's not a prophet that like, like Jeremiah or like uh, Elijah or like anybody in the Old Testament who's speaking about Jesus is coming. It is Jesus saying, I am already here. Here I am. I'm the, I'm the Christ. I'm the Messiah. He's the one that they had been looking for throughout all time. He's the one that they've been waiting for. He's the one that they've been hoping for. He is the heaven-sent, long-awaited Messiah. He's the one... I wrote some of these things down. He's the one the prophets spoke of. He's the one that the psalmist sang about. He's the one 
that all the symbols in the Old Testament pointed to. He's the one from Genesis chapter 3 that will come and crush the head of Satan. He is the one that is greater than Moses. He's the one that when Moses delivered his people out of the hands of Pharaoh, there's a greater one to come and he'll deliver you not out of the hands of Pharaoh, but out of, out of sin. He's the one who is greater than David, who will come and rule and reign from the throne of David for all time. David's reign was about this long. Jesus' reign will be forever. He is the one to come. You're the Messiah, he's saying here. He's the one, Isaiah says, that has the government upon his shoulders. Don't you want somebody who can rule and reign? He's the one, Psalm 2 says, that the Father has begotten and given Him the rod of iron to crush the nations. He's the one from Isaiah 53 who will, like a sheep to the slaughter, will not open up His mouth. He's the one to come. He is the, the Messiah. And Peter says, you are the Christ. And I believe this. You can disagree with me if you want to. But I believe when he says that, he's looking towards Jewish country. You are the promised Messiah of Israel. And then he turns around and says, and you're also looking towards the pagan country and all their dead idols. And you are the son of the living God. Yes. In the midst of all those dead idols, you are the living one. That's the second thing that he says. Not the son of man, he is, but the son of God. We hear son of God and we think that's no big deal. But when they heard Son of God, there was awe to it. There was mouth drop to it. When they heard, this is a theologically loaded phrase. When they heard the Son of God, it meant to them equality with the Father. When they heard the Son of God, it meant He is one in attributes. One in nature, one in essence, one in character. It meant that Jesus is very God of very God. This is where everybody misses it. You can say all the nice things you want about Jesus, but if you don't declare Jesus as the Son of the living God, you got it wrong. Jesus is, He said it Himself, I and the Father, we're one. He said it Himself, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. He is declaring here the full deity of Jesus Christ. And I want to say it, we need to say this a lot in the, in the, in the pulpits. We need to say this when we talk to people. Jesus is God. That's a great statement. It's a wow statement. It's an extraordinary claim that Peter's making here. You are the Messiah of Israel and you are the Son of the living God. What a statement there with an eye toward the Gentiles and the dead idols that they had laying around made out of wood, made out of stone that could do nothing for nobody. He is the Son of the living God. He's telling us what sets Jesus apart from everybody else. This is what makes Him unique. This is what sets Him in a class by Himself. You can save a lot of people that they're teachers. You can save a lot of people that they're prophets. You can save a lot of people that they're good examples. You can save a lot of people that they're historical figures. You can save a lot of people that they are religious leaders. But if nobody else can you say that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, only Jesus can say that. We serve. We preach. 
Christ, the Son of the living God. What a statement. This cannot be said of anyone else. And you need to get this. When he says that, that's not politically correct. That's not politically correct for me to say that today. But we say it. That's not popular to say it. But we say it. It's contrary to what everybody else believes, but it's still true. He doesn't leave other options when he says this. I've already said it. This is, this is what we think. It works for me. That's, that's that pluralistic world who thinks if it, well, if it works for you, it's okay. What works for me might not work for you. What works for you might not work for me. You know, I can go this way and you can go that way. No, he says it very plain, very clear, very narrow. There are no other ways. Three times in this passage he says, watch this. Thou art the Christ. There are no others. Well, watch this. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. There are no others. And this is what we, who we preach. This is what we confess. And anything short of this is not Christian. That's right. Anything short of this is not a church. Amen. They can call themselves Christian, but if it's not Christ, the Son of the living God, it's not Christian. Right. If this isn't your answer, there's a lot of Christians, and I say it this way, who will say example, good teacher. And get this, good example that I follow sometimes when I want to. <laughs> teacher that I listen to if I need some advice. Religious leader, and, and don't they do that now in politics? They'll find something Jesus said and use it for their, their good. Well, Jesus said, you don't use that any other place. And that's, that's the Republicans and that's the Democrats. They'll use Jesus to help their cause. Because to them he's nothing but a teacher. To them he's nothing but an example. To them he's nothing but a religious figure, a historical figure in the past, like they would use Plato or, or Socrates or, or Fig Newton. <laughs> or Einstein. They'll just quote him just to, to, to boost their point. But if Jesus is, if he's just an example, I'll follow him every now and then. Just a teacher, I'll listen to him every now and then. Just a historical figure, I'll read about him when I want to. But if he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, I must bow down to him. Amen. And follow him. And love him. And serve him. And embrace him. And that's what Peter's doing here. He's not just an example I follow. He's not just a teacher I listen to. He's not just an historical figure that I read about in the past. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who I bow down to and worship. That's who Jesus is. What an answer. These are not mere words that Peter is saying here. He is fully embracing and giving his life to this. You cannot call someone the Christ, the Son of the living God, and not fully embrace it by faith. He is announcing here his personal faith in Jesus Christ. Have you done that? What an answer. And I hope everybody in here today can say yes and amen. That's what amen is. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So when you hear that, you ought to be, you must not say these words, but when I say Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, it ought to be across this room. Amen and amen and amen. That's my confession too. 
That's my conviction. That's my commitment. This is what I say about Jesus. You say, oh, does it rot? <laughs> is that the right thing to say about Jesus? There's a lot of people saying, but we've got to be right about him, right? Who cares about opinions? Is Peter right? Let's move to point three. I love preaching Christ. <laughs> I mean, this is, it, it doesn't get any better. This is why you preach so you can preach Christ. Look what he says. I want to show you. We've seen the, the question Jesus asked. We've seen the answer Jesus has given. I want to show you the approval Jesus shows. Look what he says in verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Uses his full name. That's like when my dad's proud of him. And he says, Good job, son. Good job, Joshua Gerald Tompkins. <laughs> That's my kid, right? That's my namesake right there. Smile on his face. Good job. And Jesus, I am in my mind. <laughs> That's what Jesus is doing when he looks at him. You've got the right answer, Peter. Ding, 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 ding. Right answer. And I heard a commentary this week that said that they imagine when Jesus says this, and here's the word that they say it, that he, he said it with godly felicity. I'd look up what felicity meant. It meant that he's happy. <laughs> With godly happiness, with a smile on his face, he looked at Peter and said, Blessed aren't you. You're blessed. You know it. You got it right. Now Jesus is happy with a godly felicity looking at Peter saying, Yeah! Two years! And he got it! He got it! He's been very dumb a lot of times, but he got this! I like this. I'm going to say it right now. I was going to say it later, but I'll say it now. Peter had a habit of sticking his foot in his mouth. And being wrong a lot. But he got this right. Amen. He got it right where it mattered the most. Yeah. And you want to know something? This guy right here has a habit of sticking his foot in his mouth. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> this guy right here has a habit of being wrong. You say, I don't like to hear about my preacher. He better be right all the time. <laughs> you got the wrong man. I preach the one who's right all, all the time. I'm not that man. I'm the man who struggles. I'm the man who doesn't understand. I'm the man who gets it wrong a lot. I'm the one who has to bow my head and say, God, forgive me for sticking my foot in my mouth again. But I'll tell you what, I got it right where it matters. That's what matters. Our church ain't perfect. No, no church is. But I'll tell you what, we got it right where it matters. And that's where you need to get it right. You say, Josh, I don't understand all that eschatology and all the end time stuff. And boy, there's a lot of wonky end time stuff going on right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just all over the place. And there's maps. And then there's guys, you know, everybody's coming up with this. Here's how this is going to happen. And here's how this is going to happen. And you say, Josh, is that true? I don't know. But Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I got that right. Is your, is your eschatology, your end times beliefs right? I don't know. I hope so. But I got this right. Amen. You say, Josh, is your ecclesiology right? Ecclesiology is a big word for church and how you do church. I don't know. I hope so. I'll read the epistles and I'll do my best to have pastor and elders and, and deacons and people in the right place and doing the right thing. And we don't sing any crazy songs with, with bad theology in it. And, and we do everything we can to, to love each other and to do all those things. But I could be wrong in some places. I admit it. Don't throw me out. 
but I'm right where it matters the most. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. <laughs> you say, Josh, I've never heard a preacher admit to being wrong so much. I'm wrong a lot. I'm not a know-it-all. I'm a know-it-very little. But that little that I know, I'm right about. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Josh, why do you preach Christ so much? Because I know I'm right about that. <laughs> you get it? I mean, that's what we need to stand on. He's going to say here in just a few minutes, and that is what I build my church on. Not on Peter. He's not the Pope. I'm building my church on that statement that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the church throughout the ages has been preaching one man and one plan, Christ and Him crucified. You know why? They knew that was right. We'll just keep preaching. You know, what, what, what are we going to do, Josh, in the world today that's, that's going to hell? We're going to preach Christ and Him crucified, the only hope of mankind. <laughs> that's not bad. I can keep going through all these things, all the, the theology that I might be wrong on, but I'm right on Christ. And get this, <laughs> you can be right on everything else. Get your eschatology, your ecclesiology, your soteriology, your angelology, your theology, your Christology, your pneumatology. I a lot of words. I went to school for a lot of years. I better have some words. Be right on all those things. But if you're wrong on Christ, you're wrong on everything. You with me? Get this. It's a pandemic Sunday. I can preach as long as I want to. We preached Revelation a year and a half ago. And people preach Revelation and more power to them. All the time looking for timelines. Seven years here, three and a half years here, Daniel here, Beast here, all these things. And I told the church, I'm not going to do it. Because the book of Revelation is a revealing of the glorified, resurrected Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. And if we get our timelines right and miss Christ, we've missed the whole point. So we preach Christ. We can be wrong in a lot of places, but we're right right here. Where it matters. And I can fellowship with people who are right where it matters. I can. With all those crazy beliefs about Christ out there, I can't fellowship with you. I witness to you, but I don't fellowship with you. Because if you're wrong on Christ, you're wrong where it matters. Can you imagine Peter's face here? (laughs) He's right. (laughs) And he ain't been right much. When Jesus looks at him and says, Blessed art you, Simon Barjona, son of Jonah, or son of John. Can you imagine Peter? (laughs) Really? (laughs) You you like to think that, that he was humble and said, Wow, that's great. But he's probably like my boys. I looked at Christian the other day. After we, we shot guns, I wanted to encourage him. So I looked at him and I said, you, I think you've done better than everybody else. And I wanted to encourage him, you know, make him feel good. And he looked around at Gracie and Isaiah and said, See? <laughs> <laughs> Told you! <laughs> I think that's more what Peter did. Yeah, now you guys put me up front. I'm not! <laughs> And Jesus says here, get this. He tells him, you're right, Peter. So we have one witness. 
It says he's right. Now watch this. Witness number two. You know how many witnesses it takes to, in, in the Bible for something to be solidified? Two or three. So we have Jesus that says here, you're right, man. That's it. Ding, ding, ding. And then the father at the baptism, what did he say? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Witness number two. He'll say it in the Mount of Transfiguration just here in a few verses. If you guys want to wait around, we'll preach it. This is my son. Listen to him. Witness number two. The son says that's the right answer. The father says that's the right answer. Is there a third witness? 1 John 5, the Spirit beareth witness that Jesus is the Son of God. Witness number three. So do you want to land? And First John will say that. Do you want to listen to what man says and their opinions, or do you want to listen to what the Triune God says? I'll take what God says. I don't even have to tell you. Let's let's go a step further. The Bible says it repeatedly. All four Gospels were written for one reason and one reason only, so that we would know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. John 20, verse 31 says, you say, Josh, where did you get that at? Listen, these things were written <laughs> that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that you might have life by believing in His name. That's the whole point of why this is written, so that you will believe. And I hope everybody walks out of here today saying, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Repeat it enough, you'll memorize it, and we'll proclaim it to a world that's wrong about Jesus. Watch this. In Acts, they preached that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. In the epistles, they explain that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want to go to the book of Hebrews. If you've got a minute, I've got ten minutes to preach here, so you guys just, just bear with me. The book of Hebrews, chapter 1. I read this while, while uh, I was getting ready this morning. What does the book of Hebrews say about Jesus? God, verse 1, chapter 1. Who in sundry times... I mean, this is just beautifully written. I don't know what the other versions say and how they say it. I don't know if you've got one, but it, you can't beat that. God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by who? The prophets. Like Isaiah and Jeremiah and, and Elijah and the other prophets. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. Jesus is God's greatest and final Revelation, listen to Him. You can go further. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the world. Jesus isn't just God's final word. He's God's only heir who, who created the entire universe. He's, he's, when He said, let there be light, there is light. And Jesus is the one who's the word that was spoken. Well, I can go further who being in the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself alone purged our sins, He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And that's just the first three verses of Hebrews. It goes on to say, He's greater than angels. He's greater than Moses. He's greater. He's greater. He's greater. He's preeminent. There's no one like Jesus who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Book of Revelation reveals him in his glory. All of the New Testament, get this, Old Testament prophesied that he's coming. 
The Gospels say He's here. And everything else says, let me explain it to you. Reveal it to you. Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. Wow. Right, i got to move on. So the last question I want to answer is how in the world did Peter get that right? <laughs> He's a dummy like me. <laughs> He'd been right once in 15 chapters. And he's going to go on and be wrong even more. He's going to deny Jesus. He's going to cut a guy's ear off and Jesus is like, stop it! It's like a kid. Put the sword up, man! How did he get this right? How does any of us get it right? So that we can boast and stand here and say, we're right, you're wrong. We're right, you're wrong. Like a bunch of politicians. How did he know this? Jesus said, blessed aren't you, Simon Barjona. I think he humbles him a little bit here. He's like, calm it down. Don't, don't brag. Because that's where I get that. I think Peter's saying, see, look at me. I figured it out. I connected the dots. You guys didn't. Jesus is like, whoa. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. Peter wasn't clever. It wasn't Peter's own reason. It wasn't his humanness or his intellect or his hard work. Peter didn't have a high IQ. He was a fisherman. Peter didn't figure this out on his own. Peter wasn't sitting there like the thinking man <laughs> saying, hmm, miracles, hmm, words, hmm, and you're putting all these things together. How did he figure it out? The same way any of us figure it out. If you know it today, and you proclaim it today, it wasn't because you're smarter than anybody else. It wasn't because you didn't fall for the cults. It wasn't because you didn't fall from, from Muhammad and his message. It wasn't because you didn't, you didn't fall into any of these other places. The only reason you know it is the only reason Peter knows it is the only reason anybody knows that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. How do we know that? How do we figure that out? It was my Father in heaven which revealed it to you. <laughs> Do you see that? And you know what the word revealed there is? Same word that's used for revelation, apocalypto. You didn't figure it out yourself. It was God who divinely revealed it to you. It was God who disclosed it. It was God who shined the light on your soul and opened your eyes. We talked about that last week. That we are blind and in darkness and we can't see and we can't understand and we can't comprehend. That's who we are. And only by divine revelation and divine illumination can any of us ever see who Jesus is. I once was darkened in sin. Sitting in a church and God opened my eyes yes. to the beauty, the glory, the majesty of Jesus Christ. And I believed. How did you know that, Josh? It was revealed from heaven. Through His Word and by His Spirit, God opened my eyes. And if you believe in Jesus here today, that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, it's I'm sorry, here's me sticking my foot in my mouth. Not because you're smart. You might be smart, but human reason does not comprehend who God is. Yeah, man. Human intellect. There's smart people all over the world. 
The cults have the Bible. The false religions have the Bible. Atheists can read the Bible. Why can't they see? Their eyes haven't been opened to the glory and the majesty of who Jesus is. We would have never seen this or understood it unless God opened our eyes. It shows us that it's God. Only by divine revelation can we know and see Christ. God must reveal that truth to our darkened hearts. 1 Corinthians 12.3 says this. Get this. Write it down read it later. No man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. Knowledge, understanding, revelation is all a gift from God. That He allows us to see, allows us to understand, and allows us to comprehend who Jesus is. Don't ever think that you're better than anybody else because you got it. We could walk around as a church and think, we got the right answer. We're the only people in town that have the right answer. We're the, we're the, only, we're the only denomination that has the right answer. Look at us. Look at me. I got it. You got it. Don't. But Jesus wants to remind us, you wouldn't know if the Father didn't reveal it. So you need to start praying. And you need to start sharing. Because that's the only way anybody else will ever know it either. They're not going to be sitting out there one day and all, all of a sudden just... I think Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Not without the power of the Gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit to open up eyes. That's how revelation works. It starts high with a Father in Heaven and He uses the Son as the means of revelation through His words and the Holy Spirit brings it to bear upon our soul. That's how you believe these things today. That's how you confess these things today. So that there will be no boasting in my flesh and my blood so that I can say, look at me and what I know. Hmm. So again, if you know who Jesus is today, and if you can say what Peter said today, it's only because God revealed it to you through His Word and by His Holy Spirit. There ain't no boasting in that, is there? That's all grace and that's all God. So now, as we close, let me turn my finger around at you and ask you that question. Who do you say Jesus is? You today can answer the most important question that has ever been asked. You can say it with Peter. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You can say it with the church. That is what we confess today. That is what we preach today. And that is what we, that's why we know we are in a long line of faithful churches. Because from the the early church in 1 AD to here we are now, or or 30 AD, or or 40 AD, or the first century, till now, here we are in 2020, the church has been faithfully, faithfully proclaiming Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You need to be not only saying that for yourself, professing it and confessing it personally, you need to be in a church that says that. 
repeatedly, over and over and over, that, that you could say, well, what did Josh preach today? Christ. What did Josh preach today? Christ crucified. Well, what do we believe there? We believe in Christ. We believe in Christ. We're not about the Republicans. We're not about the Democrats. We're not about all that nonsense that the world talks about. Social justice here and, and dividing over there. We preach Christ. In a church like that, that stands for who Jesus is. So you can say it for yourself. And I want you to say it to Him today. If you're not a believer, if you have any doubt at all, when we pray here in just a second, I would say, that's what I would say. I would bow my head and I would say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe that. Oh, He'll save you like that. Turn no man away. It'll be like Jesus saying, Blessed art thou. You want that, Right? I think this. I really think this. That when I preach sermons like this, and really when you preach any of the the Word of God, but when you preach Christ and Him crucified, (laughs) that God looks down at churches and says, Blessed art thou, West End. (laughs) Blessed art thou, you've exalted my Son. You say, Josh, there's not a lot of people here. It don't matter. Blessed art thou. Keep preaching Christ. In season, which means when there's no pandemic, and out of season, when there is a pandemic, in season, when everybody wants to hear it, out of season, when nobody wants to hear it, in season, when it's Easter and everybody's here, out of season, when it's the middle of summer and nobody's here, what do we preach? Christ and Him crucified. Just keep preaching Christ. And His sheep will hear His voice and they will follow Him. Yeah, buddy, you will. So say it to Him today. I believe. I believe. And He'll save you. So make that not just the most answer the most important question, but make that most important decision to put your faith in Christ and embrace Him as your Christ and your God. Amen. That's what we need today. I'm going to read the verse and I'm going to close. I've had too much fun. I don't want to end it. Romans 10. You don't have to go there with me, but I want you to hear it. I want you to believe it. I pray today that God by His Word and by His Spirit would reveal these truths unto unbelievers today and they would believe today for the very first time. I pray that this message goes through the Facebook Live. I pray it goes on Sermon Audio. I would love for this to go on YouTube and on Twitter and on every other social media platform out there so that people could hear who Jesus is and that the light of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God would open their eyes and they'd say, I believe today! Watch what it says. Verse 8. Romans 10, but what saith that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart? That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, who? The Lord Jesus. Who is Lord Jesus? The Christ, the Son of the living God. You've got to profess that. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You then shalt thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession. That's what Peter made it was a confession, a confession of faith in Jesus is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on Him will not be ashamed of it. Oh man, we need a church today that's not ashamed of this truth. So there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. But the same Lord over all is rich unto all who call upon Him. He's Israel's Messiah. He's the pagans. One true and living God. Son of God. Final verse, and I'll close. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, shall be saved.
You call upon Him, He'll save you. So you're sitting here today, I ask you, unbeliever, to say those words. Kids here today, say it. I don't think there's magic words to it. I just believe that's the truth. And God loves to hear truth. From the heart of a child. He'll save you. All you have to do today is say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I embrace that. He'll save you. I believe in the man. Next week, we'll talk about the plan. That upon this truth, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell, no pandemic will, will come against the church. We're triumphant as a church. Man. You say that today. As unbelievers, as kids sitting around the room, I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you who believe it, let's walk out those doors and let's proclaim it. Let's be like Peter, an exclamation point, not a question mark. I'm not sure what I believe. (laughs) I've told you guys that story before of that man who's on Larry King Live. And he asked him, what do you believe? I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't know. I won't tell you who that was. I I don't know. We need people today, preachers today, Christians today, who know what they believe. Willing to stand for what they believe. Willing to proclaim what they believe. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your truth today. For answering that question. We don't have to go through life not knowing. It's here in black and white and red. It's it's here in front of us. Open book. You're not trying to hide this truth from us. So God, I pray for the unbelievers in this room and online today that you would, by the power of your spirit and the truth of your word, open their eyes and that they would say today, I believe in Jesus, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I pray that we would, God, in the midst of a world that is going crazy, agnostic, they don't know what they believe, that we would take a stand for the truth and say, we believe this. Solidify it in our hearts. Seal it in our minds that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.